There are early signs that abortion bans may lead to brain drain in states with restrictions. In a conversation with the Financial Times, Eli Lilly CEO David Ricks said that some employees wanted to be transferred out of Indiana because of the bans and that restrictions on abortion may make it harder to recruit talent. An Indiana judge has blocked the ban for now, but even so, Rick said the company will be offering placement outside of Indiana for employees that want to be in states that allow abortion. This is Pulse Check. I'm Ruth Reader. Here's what I'm following this week. A new study shows that antiviral Paxlovid may reduce the possibility of getting 10 symptoms associated with long COVID, so long as it's taken within the first five days of infection. This is important because, as the CDC reported in June, more than 7% of Americans have long COVID symptoms. Oral arguments began today in a case before the Supreme Court that could decide whether people with federally funded medical care can sue the state if their federally protected rights are violated. Susie Tulevsky sued an Indiana public health agency that owns the nursing home where she alleges her father was receiving inadequate care. The public health agency, Marion County Health and Hospital Corporation, decided to bring the issue to the nation's highest court, which took up the case. If the Supreme Court rules against Tulevsky, it means that millions of Americans on federal assistance would not be able to sue when their rights are violated. And the midterm elections are happening tonight. On this podcast, we've talked about the places where abortion is on the ballot. But there are other healthcare-related initiatives that will be affected by the results. Daniel Payne is here to tell me about some of those other healthcare issues. We're watching candidate races very closely, and we'll talk more about that as we learn more about it. But even other ballot initiatives directly related to healthcare are going to be decided all on a state level. The first one that is notable is Medicaid expansion, which is going to be decided by voters in South Dakota. It's notable because it might be one of the last times that we see a ballot initiative for Medicaid expansion. This has been used in other GOP-controlled states, but the number of states where that can happen is running out. And even in the other states where this can happen, there don't seem to be ballot initiatives really getting off the ground. So... This is a way for progressive policies to get through when state governments wouldn't ordinarily do it on their own when it's in the hands of the voters. So Medicaid expansion seems like it would be really important right now since under the public health emergency, a lot of people have are now on Medicaid. It seems like more people than ever are on Medicaid. Right, exactly. It's it's something that has come to the forefront since the pandemic began uh, as people are seeing the government step in even bigger ways into healthcare uh, and, and trying to handle an emergency. And that's the argument of, of proponents of this initiative are, this is a way that we can continue expanding coverage and health security for people in this state and across the country. So another issue I've heard a lot about, or at least I know is definitely a big topic of conversation right now, and I'm curious how this issue is playing out at the ballot box, which is medical debt, right? People have enormous medical bills, and that has been a huge issue for Americans. I'm curious, you know, is that showing up at the ballot box? Absolutely. And Arizona in particular has a ballot initiative. The measure would reduce the amount of interest that can be charged on medical debt. And it would also increase protections for people in Arizona against their house if they have a lot of medical debt. And Democrats and and people who are pushing for more progressive policies and other states are looking at this model as a way to deal with this issue on the state level, that maybe they could push similar ballot initiatives in other states 
in the absence of federal action. Is there any hope for federal action on this issue? Or do you think it will mostly, does this feel like this is mostly going to be a state issue? I think that's a great question, but particularly if Republicans take the House and or Senate, it would become more of a state issue probably. Got it. So tell me, what else, what are the other issues that are front and center this election season? There's a sleeper ballot initiative that's really interesting in Oregon uh, that would amend the state constitution to make health a human right that the government is responsible to protecting and in some ways fulfilling. It's sort of vague and experts and lawmakers have argued about what it would cost and how to actually enact and implement it. But it's something that is going to be given to the voters to make a decision on whether they think that the state constitution should explicitly say that healthcare is a human right in the state of Oregon. That's super interesting. I do wonder how that would play out if that would turn into sort of, you know, other states have sort of played around with universal health care or state-run health care initiatives to sort of supplement various health care options that people have sort of more nationally. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a way that would really broadly change the way that people in Oregon could argue for certain policies related to healthcare. Uh, it, being able to point back to the state constitution uh, would be really significant in, in future cases. Another really interesting measure is in California, where they are considering a ban on flavored tobacco products. This has been a big issue federally with menthol cigarettes, but this is it's another step in seeing how the government is trying to figure out how to regulate uh, across the state and federal level flavored tobacco products. You know, different sides arguing that these products are bad for minors and, and getting young people hooked on tobacco. And other folks arguing that this is a way to help people get off of more harmful tobacco products. And actually interesting in this particular case, anti-smoking advocates have outspent the tobacco industry, which is something that you don't, or at least haven't recently heard very much, uh, the tobacco industry being outspent on an issue like this. Interesting. Well, talking about vapes makes me think of another sort of smoking initiative that's on the ballot, weirdly, which is marijuana legalization. What states are are putting marijuana legalization on the ballot? The states that are considering this are Arkansas, Maryland, Missouri, North and South Dakota. And you're right, it has been sort of a trickle of states changing policy slowly over time, whether for medical use or um, recreational use. And these states are focusing on recreational use, but the issue has been so intertwined with healthcare and health policy for so long that it's still movement that folks in the health policy world are interested in. So what else are you looking at? What are you watching? What are sort of some other issues that have come up on the campaign trail? Obviously, the candidates who win or lose are going to make a lot of difference in how health policy is decided from here on out or, or over the next few years, at least. And what those folks have been talking a lot about in regards to healthcare are drug price policies, uh, whether things that were in the Inflation Reduction Act should stay or go, how Medicare policy is going to be decided is going to be at least in part determined by these races. Uh, a big one is the investigation into how the pandemic was handled. A lot of Republicans have vowed to look into the CDC and the Biden administration's response to the pandemic. And sort of this idea of scientific or administrative overreach is going to be pushed, I think, should 
Republicans take over certain committees in, in the House and the Senate. And that also means that how the government responds to the pandemic and whether more funding is passed, both domestically and internationally, to handle the pandemic or to handle pandemic preparedness even, is going to be affected by who is elected tonight. There's been a lot of talk about inflation recently, and that really is what a lot of candidates are, are staking this election on, is the economy. Obviously, reproductive rights is a big issue that's being talked about. But at the end of the day, when people are elected and get in office, they're going to have to make decisions about these issues when they come up. They're going to have to cast votes and be parts of committees that are going to take on these issues, even if they aren't the biggest headline makers in a campaign. Well, I think that is a great note to end on. Uh, thank you so much for chatting with me about the election, and we'll see how it goes. Absolutely. Thanks, Ruth. And that's our show. Our music is by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Annie Reese is our producer. Our healthcare team editors are Eli Reyes, Dan Goldberg, Barbara Van Tyne, Beth Belton, and Sean Zeller. Jenny Ament is the executive producer of audio at Politico. I'm Ruth Reader. Subscribe and follow Pulse Check for a new episode every day. And subscribe to our newsletters where you can read this reporting. Pulse, Future Pulse, and Prescription Pulse. Thanks for listening. <laughs>